1: Well, good morning, everybody. It is seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Friday morning wake up call on Sports Country Radio, 30th day of July 2021, our final show for the month of July. Uh, lots to talk about. Insane evening around Major League Baseball. And it wasn't even necessarily just what was going on on the field, the amount of. Uh, Uh, trade talk that was going on last night people on social media losing their ever-loving minds Uh, it was unbelievable Uh, by the way as we uh, as we start the show this morning the U.S. women's national soccer team uh, playing the Netherlands and they are in extra time tied at two apiece the United States led 2-1 at the end of the first half gave up the tying goal and not too far into the second half and now they are in extra time, still scoreless uh, in the overtime period. So 2-2 we will keep you abreast of that one. Coming up uh, in about 10 minutes or so, Matt Corey is going to join us from Sox Outsider. It's an interview I actually taped last night. Uh, Matt is on the West Coast. There's a three-hour time difference. I didn't want to ask him to get up before 6 o'clock in the morning uh, to join us this morning. So uh, we taped it last night. So keep that in mind as you listen to a few things because uh, – uh, some of the things we talked about last night actually came to pass. Um, so let's start with the Red Sox last night. Um, I'll say this for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, when they decide they're going to lose a game, they don't screw around. <laughs> last night was an absolute nightmare. They lose 13-1 to to the Toronto Blue Jays. I clicked this game off in the uh, fourth inning when it was 6 nothing. And there has to be some real concern now, if you're the Boston Red Sox, about Erod uh, Eduardo Rodriguez last night, three and a third, seven hits, six runs. And he struck out eight, but he walked four guys. He just he's not right. And I don't know whether it's hangover from last year, um, with the the fact that he didn't pitch a lot, and the COVID, and the myocarditis, or what it is. You know, and unfortunately for Erod, this is you know a guy that is going into a free agent year and is putting up horrific numbers. And, you know, so it's not like the guy's tanking. He knows that, you know, his future earnings are at stake here. Uh, So he, I mean, look, the Sox got to hope he turns it around. There's no question about that. But last night was not it. And then the bullpen came in. Phyllis Valdez, who had been great since coming back up, not so much last night. Uh, Brandon Workman last night, two innings, seven hits and four runs, and then got designated for assignment when the game is over. Uh, so his second run through with the Boston Red Sox is over. Uh, he just uh, is not – I don't know what happened to Brandon Workman. You know, the year before that he got traded to the Phillies, I mean, he just was dynamite. And now uh, he can't find the strike zone and his his breaking balls are all up. Everything's getting crushed. Uh, so whatever happened to Brandon Workman, it looks like not only is his Red Sox – tenure over, you begin to wonder if perhaps Brandon Workman's career is over. It's uh, glorified batting practice of late. So the Sox lose badly to the Toronto Blue Jays last night. They allow the Blue Jays to get back within nine and a half. Uh, but the Yankees get drilled themselves by the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays beat the Yankees yesterday 14 to nothing, and I remember talking about this game before we started uh, the show yesterday, and saying, "Ah, this is a piece of cake for for the Yankees. They've got uh, Garrett Cole going against Patino. This should be a no brainer. The Yankees, you know, will hopefully do the Red Sox a favor again." Well, Garrett Cole yesterday, he, boy, he has really struggled against the Red Sox and the Rays this year. Five and a third yesterday, six hits, but eight runs. He struck out 10, but he walked two, uh, and it just got uglier after that. They brought Abreu out of the bullpen. He gave up three home runs without getting it out. (laughs) The Rays scored 10 runs in the sixth inning. Uh, And Patino, six shutout innings. You know, and again, you look at this, and you you know why maybe they traded Rich Hill, because it just seems like it doesn't matter who the Rays throw out there. You know, it just, uh, uh, they just win. Um. So the uh, Rays crawl within a game and a half back, and of course the huge series that starts this weekend between the Red Sox and the Rays, three games in Tampa. Uh, Martin Perez will pitch tonight for Boston. He has not been good lately. We know that he's seven and six with a four one eight ERA. Josh Fleming, who's got an ERA about the same, uh, the difference is is that he he does not walk as many batters. He's only his whip is one point one one. Martin Pérez is about 1.5. Um, so, uh, look, you know, uh, the Rays are a very good team at home, but the Red Sox have been very good on the road as well. Uh, so this is huge. Uh, the Red Sox have won seven of the last ten despite what we saw last night. Rays have been hot as well other than the fact they lost two out of three of the Yankees. They've won six out of ten. Um, so – we shall see, but uh, the Red Sox need two out of three this weekend if they're going to, uh, you know, sub- cement or not cement, but solidify their hold on first place a little bit. They need some help here. They've got to get the, some pitching from Martin Perez, uh, from Nate Evaldi. You know, they need these guys to step up this weekend. Uh, the Red Sox did make a trade last night. They got Kyle Schwarber from the Washington Nationals for one of their you know one of their top pitching prospects um a, a kid that uh, is in single A he's only 18 years old you know he looks he looks pretty good but at the same time you know if you're the Red Sox you had to do something but this was a strange signing to me or tr- strange trade very strange first of all Kyle Schwarber's on the injured list he's not he's not even playing he's got a bad hamstring Secondly, the Red Sox' biggest need is for a first baseman. Kyle Schwarber is not a first baseman. He is a left fielder, and not a great one. So, you know, we've already got an outfield. You just brought up Jaron Duran. You've got Alex Verdugo and, uh, uh, good Lord, Uh, Hunter Renfro playing out there, and they've been great. You know, I mean, look—they're uh, leading the uh, the major leagues in assists, so it's not like they needed outfield help. And okay, you can put him at DH, and what are you what are you going to do? Platoon him with JD Martinez? I don't think so. Um, so it, it was strange to me. He's never played first base in his career in the major leagues, so I don't get this signing. Yeah, great. He's got twenty five home runs, sixty runs batted in. But keep this in mind: twelve of his twenty five home runs came in a two week period where he hit like twelve home runs in ten to, in ten games. You know, and well, <laughs> Dave Massey just checked in on Facebook. I'm glad, Dave. I don't get it either. You know, I, I don't. I don't understand it. Um, you know, I guess. Okay, Alex. You know Alex Corr has got another another outfielder, but we don't even know when he's going to play. He's been doing some jogging and a little batting practice, but hamstrings are a funky thing. You got to be careful with that because you get a strained hamstring if you if you overdo it and you yank that thing, he's done. So I don't understand this one at all. You know I had hoped that it was going to be Anthony Rizzo. Well, guess what? Anthony Rizzo goes to who else but the Yankees. The Yankees get Rizzo and Gallo in a 24-hour period, and now all of a sudden they've got two big left-handed bats for that short porch in right field, and the Yankees have made a statement they're not going anywhere. They're going for it, which you you would have expected. You know, they're three-and-a-half back of the wild card, so they are just, you know, they're in the hunt. Now, the Red Sox may still do something else, but here's what we know. If they make another move... It's going to be for more money than they want to spend because the guys left, the guys that they are linked to right now, guys like Chris Bryant, guys like uh, Jose Barrios, you're going to blow way past the luxury tax threshold, which they supposedly wanted to stay under this year. So uh, I don't get it. Bizarre signing of Schwarber. Look, maybe he helps. You know, I mean, look, having another bat never hurts because we've seen that the Red Sox, uh, outside of their core four or five guys, have struggled. There's too many guys in that lineup uh, that are hitting below the Mendoza line. And, oh, boy, Danny Santana's coming back today. That's exciting. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. There's no question about it. The Yankees are probably done with their moves now that they have signed Rizzo and Gallo. Max Scherzer, believe it or not, is likely headed to the Dodgers. Yesterday afternoon, they had him go into the Padres. It was a done deal. And now all of a sudden, the Dodgers jump in. And not only are they supposedly going to get Max Scherzer, they're going to get Trey Turner, who is arguably the best shortstop in the National League. Talk about the rich getting richer and talk about not caring about spending money. Oh, my Jesus. And if they get Max Scherzer, how about this? How about they would have four former Cy Young Award winners on their roster at the same time? That's never happened in the history of baseball. David Price, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, and Max Scherzer all on that roster. Now, Trevor Bauer is probably not pitching again for the rest of the year. Kershaw's on the injured list on his way back, and Price is back in the starting rotation. But think about that. You know, and to get Trey Turner on top of it when you've already got a very good shortstop? Wow. Wow. So uh, the Dodgers, and, and this is a direct result of the Dodgers going, what? we can't catch the Giants. I mean, the Giants beat the Dodgers again yesterday, 5 nothing. You know, the Dodgers are three back and going, what do we got to do to catch these guys? Well, obviously it means we got to get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner and, and, you know, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. Uh, you know, it's actually kind of gross in my, in my opinion, but, hey, Uh, good for them, I guess. You know, I, I I would have loved to have seen Max Scherzer in a Red Sox uniform, but I did not think it was going to happen. I don't think the Red Sox are going to give up the kind of prospects it would take to get a talent like that. You know, they gave up their number 19 prospect to get Kyle Schwarber. I hope it pays off. I still am not convinced that this is, uh, it was the right move for the Red Sox, but nobody consulted me first. It's 19 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Matt Corey of Sox Outsider is going to join us. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call, and we are pleased to be joined again by Matthew Corey of Sox Outsider. He's been with us a few times, and we thought this would be a good time to talk not just about the Red Sox but about what's going on in baseball in general. This is actually, at least to me, Matt, I always think this is like kind of one of the most exciting times of the year. I know tomorrow I'm going to be sitting in front of Twitter, in front of my TV until that 4 o'clock trade deadline comes up. I always look forward to this every year.
0: Well, thanks for having me on, Gene. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's it's an exciting time for sure. I mean, I don't know that tomorrow's going to be able to top today. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, Max Scherzer has been traded twice already, and we're not even uh, not even finished with Thursday yet. But um, it's it's there's there's a lot of big names. I think people were talking about this being a rather light and quiet uh, trade deadline, and just because the the draft was pushed back, and and you know teams have been focused on that, and now. There just wasn't that much time to do the scouting necessary to to make these kind of deals, but clearly that wasn't true because <laughs> right, right things are things are happening right and left.
1: Yeah, well, uh, full disclosure, we're taping this on Thursday night. Matt is on the West Coast, and I didn't want to ask him to get up at the crack of dawn, so we're taping this. So some stuff might have happened overnight, but I want to start in the American League East, and if you watch Twitter tonight, it was you know rather entertaining. You know, you have some people saying, look, just relax. You know, Bloom's going to figure it out. Everything will be fine. And then you have other guys absolutely losing their minds saying, why haven't we already made about 12 trades? Um, but let's start with this. The New York Yankees, a lot of people thought they'd be selling. Yeah, that's not the case because uh, uh, they have made some big splashes. They added a couple of Italians. Joey Gallo and Mike Rizzo, are, or Anthony Rizzo, I'm sorry, are both coming to the New York Yankees. So, I, and I guess... We shouldn't be surprised. I mean, I can't – the idea that the Yankees were actually going to be sellers, I never bought into that. Did you?
0: No. I First of all, they just don't really have anything to sell. That's, right. You know, their they're good players are either hurt or incredibly expensive or both. Um, those don't make for good trade pieces. Um so no, I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect what they're doing either. They've gone completely in the other direction, um, you know, with with two big additions. Um, at least one of those, you know, Joey Gallo uh, is. Sorry, I have to let my cat out of this room here. Um, one of those is Joey Gallo is signed uh, or, or under team control through next year. So it's not a it's not a rental move, right. but it's still you know uh going quote unquote all in on a team with a negative run differential who's nine games back in the uh, division race so i don't know that that's the choice i would have made but then again i imagine brian cashman's under some pressure to win and you know the red sox are at the top of the division but they're also a little bit vulnerable you know
1: you would think think we
0: can uh, (laughs) we can sort of see that yeah um and so it, it makes some sense for them to to do what they're doing. Um, I don't know how successful they're going to be. They're you know they're they're pretty far down. So far they haven't acquired um, a pitcher. Yeah, and that's definitely something that they need. So
1: well especially know, they,
0: they've got a, a lot of holes to fill.
1: Especially after your Ace got absolutely drilled by the Tampa Bay Rays uh, you know and and his his, uh his outings against both the Red Sox and the Rays this year have not been exactly stellar. And those, you know, those are two of the teams you're looking to chase down. They've got an awful lot of teams to leapfrog. So I think you're right. I think it's a gamble, but I I don't think Brian Cashman was given a lot of choice.
0: He may not have been, you know, it's obviously I'm not, not privy to the inner workings of Yankees ownership. Um, but it's, it seems like there, there's a, a, certainly a lot of public pressure on him. Right. Um, and, you know, he's kind of coming to the end of, I don't know if he's going to, you know, give uh, Judge and uh, uh, Sanchez, you know, big contract extensions, but my guess is no, uh, based on their age and, and, you know, production and injury history. Right. And so they're kind of coming to the end of this sort of core of, of players. Um, so it, it, it maybe makes sense to try to, to push in at this point. Again, I'm not sure what I would do. I haven't really put a whole lot of thought into the Yankee situation, uh, but it's, uh, I I do think the guys they, they got are good players and good fits. I mean, Rizzo is a, you know, a a good above average first baseman. He's not the MVP. He was a few years ago, but he's, uh, you know, a good, a good left-handed bat and he's going to fit really well in, uh, in Yankee stadium. Um, That short porch in right field is just, it's a, it's a little league stadium in that way. And it, the ball is just going to pop right over the, uh, the wall there. Um, I think uh, Sarah Lang's um, tweeted out that he would have an, another nine home runs if he played all the all his games in the Yankee stadium. Oh, yeah. Now, obviously yeah. you don't play all your games at your home park, but um, he will be helped by going from Chicago to Yankee stadium. Um, you know, and, and Gallows for all his strikeout, you know, publicized strikeout issues, Um, he's got a ton of power to make up for that. He gets on base really, really well. He can run and he plays an above average right field. Um, he's got a great throwing arm. So, uh, you know he's a he's a good fit on just about any team. So it, it, those are two good players that they're getting.
1: Which you think, by the way, for Gallo, it's going to be left field in Yankee Stadium, you would think. I can't believe they're going to move yeah, uh, Aaron Judge. Yeah, that's true. They're not going to
0: – they wouldn't move Judge, you're right.
1: You wouldn't think. But you know what? Who knows? Who knows? Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll trade him. Who knows? <laughs> and that and then you
1: have – yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there was rumors about that, which I, I as soon as I saw one of those that people were talking about, well, they might trade Aaron Judge, I just laughed out loud. There's, there's no way that was happening. Um, yeah. I, you know, injuries aside, there was no way they were trading him. Uh, and then you go to the Tampa Bay Rays and, you know, the addition of Nelson Cruz, obviously uh, a big one. I mean, a guy at 41 years old that still can uh, can hit for average and hit for power. Uh, so that was a great addition to them. Now, they've done some odd things. I mean, how often have you seen a team trade for a bat and then trade part of their starting rotation as they did with Rich Hill trading him to the Mets and yet not lose a beat? As a matter of fact, they called up the Kid Patino from the minor leagues, and, uh, and he pitched very, very well against the Yankees in that 14 nothing game. So uh, the Rays just seem to, to – they're, be, they're being more active, I guess, than we're used to seeing at the trade deadline and bigger names involved.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. Um, but they're just—they're just so smart. They're so uh, good at taking, you know, a hundred points of value and turning it into hundred and twenty points of value. You know, to, to pull two random numbers out of the sky. Um, It's—it's it's impressive, is really what it is. And I think that's, you know, uh, that's what the what the Red Sox are hoping that Hein Bloom can, can do uh you know that that kind of that kind of thing where you where you take a guy uh who is you know got some value you plug him into your system he plays a little better or a little over his head because of something that you did you know that that you changed or that you tweaked about his delivery or his pitch uh mix or, or whatever it is and then you turn around and flip him for three guys who end up being you know some variation on uh 85 to 110 percent of what that guy was right um and then rinse and repeat uh, you know and that's that's how you have the depth that they have in their system and that's how you have the the depth and you know the pitching staff that they have it, it's uh it is an, an impressive uh, setup especially considering the fact that they can't go out and just buy a Garrett Cole coal to make up for mistakes that they've made in the past
1: yeah and um, I think I think there's no mistake too Matt that the reason why the Red Sox went down there and poached Ty and Bloom to become their general manager was because he was part of that system that very annoying system if you' if you're a Red Sox <laughs> or a Yankee fan that they continue with that low payroll to be able to do these things I think I think you'd be naive to not think that was a big part of the reason why he is currently the Red Sox general manager.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely and it, it doesn't hurt, you know, that the the guys who used to run the Rays are now running the Dodgers and are, you know, coming off of a World Series championship and uh however many World Series appearances in the immediate past and, you know, have one of are are in the process as we speak of assembling one of the greatest rosters in baseball history and it's uh, you know, r- remains to be seen how well they do in the the randomness that is the postseason, but um, but but all of that, I think, combined to to point the uh, Red Sox ownership towards St. Petersburg and their their general manager search for sure.
1: Well, and now another move that got made uh, on uh, Thursday was that the Toronto Blue Jays picked up a bullpen arm. They got Brad Hand. From the Washington Nationals. Now, Brad Hand, we knew was a lights out closer when he was with Cleveland. He has had his struggles in Washington this year, without a doubt. I mean, I personally watched three or four games and watched him absolutely implode at the end of games, but it's still uh, a guy with that kind of pedigree is a nice addition. And again, here we are in the American League East, and yet you have Reds, and now that's why you have Red Sox fans, I think, sitting there stewing right now because all three of the teams that are trying to chase you down are all doing things
0: yeah this is sort of the that kind of period of time where where you look at the the teams who have made a trade and it's real easy to get frustrated and go uh you know why are the red sox not doing anything well i would say that they are Certainly, doing things. Yeah, you know, first they're, place. They're trying nice. to, get, yeah. Well, there's <laughs> that too, but but trying to get trades done. You know, I'm right. sure they're trying to get trades done. You know, I I, I tweeted something out this afternoon. You know, the Yankees uh, made that trade for for Rizzo, who the Red Sox had been rumored to be interested in, and I'm sure were because he would have been a great fit for the Red Sox too. Yep. Um, and the two guys, the uh, you know, the Yankees traded, or one was their ninth prospect, and one was their twelfth prospect by MLB Pipeline. And so I tweeted out. With the ninth and twelfth prospects were by a couple lists uh, of Red Sox prospects right and and uh, I got a ton of responses of people saying oh I wouldn't do that oh no don't do that you know
1: well that's why yeah that's, that's why what it's going right now right right
0: <laughs> uh, Hein Bloom agrees with you so uh, but it you know it takes it takes two to tango you've got to get uh, you got to find someone who fits on the roster and who the team is willing to deal and you've got to find a, a reasonable, uh you know package that they'll accept that you can that you can uh sleep at night when you give it up so um the red sox haven't done that yet and you know i'm sure they're working on it uh, as, as to brad hand i'm not all that impressed i mean he's a he's a good pickup for toronto because their bullpen is a flaming mess they're yeah sort of the, that it is the east uh or the american league version of the of the phillies bullpen where just whatever they seem to add just turns Bad. Got it. Uh, I'll try to. Yeah. I know where um, you were going. Yeah, I I did manage to edit myself. Yeah, so okay. Boy. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to me. Um, but yeah, hand is not the guy that that he was a few years ago. He's uh, you know 31 and got a lot of miles on his arm. And um, I, I like you seem to whenever I turn on a Nats game, uh, watch Brad Hand implode. Yeah. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, but, um, you know, his, his numbers are okay, but they're, they're not great. And, but he'll be a big upgrade just because of the team he's going to. Uh,
1: so uh, with, the, with the fact that the Red Sox, as of uh, Thursday evening, have not done anything, if you could wave a magic wand, and I, and I, and I shouldn't even put it that way because, you know, let's say let's, – let's go right off the top and say, look, the, the top five prospects in the Red Sox system are not available. All right, let's, let's start with that. If that's the case – where do the Red Sox need to put their effort if they're going to make one move? Where do you think it should be?
0: One move? One uh, move. That's tough. I guess one move it's got to be first base. Okay. They have one of the one of the worst first base setups in baseball. Um Bobby Dalbec has not worked out this year. Um and I at this point I'm I'm not optimistic that it's ever going to work out with him. He seems like a totally nice guy. uh, So this is certainly nothing personal, but um, he's 26 already. And and he's, you know, he's not walking. He's completely lost the strike zone. um, He doesn't hit at all. uh, And his defense is not that great either. You can't even look at him and go, oh, he's, he's made some plays, but he's also missed a ton anyway uh, point being they they really need a first baseman um and the the good news on that front uh, you know as you and i were talking about a little bit before we started recording is there are a lot of candidates who would represent an improvement over bobby dahlbeck it's it wouldn't be that hard to come up with somebody you you might have to trade yes (laughs) (laughs) i did something to my back the other day and i don't think i would be at this point (laughs) i can barely get off the couch but uh but normally maybe uh but anyway, you don't have to give up uh, the ninth and twelfth best prospects in your system to get Anthony Rizzo to, to to fix that problem. Um, right. There are a lot of other options out there that I'm sure the Red Sox are exploring.
1: Um, one of the names that jumped out um, at me, uh, they were there was some talk that maybe the Red Sox would be interested in Kyle Schwarber. The only problem is Kyle Schwarber hasn't played first base since like 2017. So I'm not sure that you're going to take him and try to put him at first base. I, I the bat intrigues me. I just yeah. and I think you could probably uh, get him for not an awful lot, you know. Uh, but the problem is, is that there's a there's a mutual option for next year, so you could be on the hook for eleven and a half million dollars, and that's why I think that might be a guy that even though people are talking about it, I'm not sure that's a dollar figure the Red Sox want to talk about right now.
0: Well, I haven't looked at his contract. If it's a mutual option, it the is. team can the team can turn it down, and and that won't be any kind of problem. The only way a option a mutual option gets picked up is if the team agrees to it and the player agrees okay. to it. So, um, so they they it's should a, be okay. If, yeah, it's if only a three it's case.
1: a three million dollar buyout.
0: Okay. And he's making um, and
1: he's making seven this year, so they'd be on the hook yeah. for say three million bucks if they got him.
0: And they could negotiate for you know the Nationals to take some portion right. of that money, uh, depending but you're right i don't really see him as a as a fit either um he's not a first baseman he's not a good defensive
1: Anything. outfielder
0: so you're not going to replace yeah you're not going to replace him in the outfield you know the way Renfro's playing they just brought up duran um there there's i mean i guess you could put him in left uh but you can't put him in you know at dh jd martinez is there um and having either him or JD Martinez in the uh you know out in left left field every day is is not uh, not great um in general. So I I don't you know I've got he, he might be some sort of marginal uh improvement over over who they have, but it it doesn't seem like a great fit to me.
1: I got one more name to throw at you. What about okay. and it's the, the the again, the problem with this guy would be the dollars involved. And he'd yeah. be a rental, but what about Chris Bryant? Chris Bryant can play anywhere, and they love that flexibility. Uh, yeah. And, and there has been talk that the Cubs are willing to move him. The problem is is that it, it, he's $19.5 million this year, so if you figure a little less than that left, you're still on the hook for about 8 or $9 million bucks. and I don't know how much you're going to get the Cubs to, to suck up with all the, uh, the moves they appear to be ready to make.
0: Yeah, so the Cubs are paying down Anthony Rizzo's deal right. because the Yankees gave them – quote-unquote better prospects uh, than they i guess what they would have gotten otherwise so i presumably you know they would be willing to do something like that with uh with bryant as well depending on the prospects you're giving back um i mean do i like chris bryant on the red Sox? yes uh yes please (laughs) Uh, he's uh he's a great hitter and uh he's certainly a better defensive left fielder than um you know than uh than than Schwarber uh I don't know that he's great in left but I think he's probably roughly average and that's right Uh, right so
1: yeah I but you know
0: but again he's he's quite happy to have that yeah but But, he's also a
1: guy that's played first base I mean every year he's played first base in his career so it's not like he hasn't played there before so there you know there's no reason why they couldn't just plug him into that first base hole either
0: yeah, and that's true. And for some reason, in my head, uh, I have him as a third baseman. Well, he—that's
1: um, his primary position. But I was just looking on Baseball Reference, and every year in his career, he has yeah. played some first base.
0: Yeah, you're right. He has 92 innings this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> here's a good one. The Cubs have played him in center field for 83 innings this year. Yeah. How about so, that? Uh, yeah, you wonder why they're uh, in in the teardown mode. But, uh, maybe that's one reason. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'd be quite happy to have a guy, I'm, and we know that this, you know, this regime uh, that you know is in Boston right now loves guys with flexibility. Um, someone they can plug in at first or left or center field, apparently. Um, so I think that's a great fit, and the. You know, if the Cubs are willing to trade him and the Red Sox can come to an agreement on prospects, that's that would be a, a huge pickup. I'd, I'd rather have um, him than uh, than Rizzo. Quite quite frankly.
1: Well, yeah. I, well, so let me ask you. Let's say let's say a Chris Bryant is a possibility. What would you be willing? How how high would you be willing to go for a guy that's essentially going to be a three month rental? How you know what what would be in your mind? What would be fair? Well,
0: I. That's a good question. I mean it depends on you know so the Cubs can offer him a qualifying offer. He's Bryant will be a free agent at the end of the year. Right. So um the Cubs can give a, him a qualifying offer and then that attaches draft pick compensation to him when he signs. So say he signs with the Giants or whatever at the, at the end of the season, then the Cubs get a first round draft pick right. for I think it's a comp pick at a this comp point pick, but not, right. Yeah. Um for that for losing him so whatever you're giving up in trade has to be better or more valuable than that okay exactly so typically i think what that means is is a a prospect somewhere in the top 10 okay maybe towards the back and then probably another guy okay something like that yep um so you know just off the top of my head um like uh uh, a, a Jay Groom, okay. um, Noah Song. Um,
1: Who's still in the Navy?
0: Yeah, exactly. Betraying his rights. Right. Uh, you know, a, a guy like, uh, if you want a, a higher upside guy, like a Blaze Jordan, who they just picked in the third round uh, last year. Okay. Um, a, a Nick York, who was their first round pick last year. Right. right. Um, I think we're talking about somebody like that. Okay. And then okay. further on back, um, you know, maybe someone towards number 20 or so gotcha. in, in the rankings. Okay. All right. Um, That's fair. So would I do that? yeah I I, I I might um i won't claim to be as smart about this though and and how all this fits together in the in the you know larger ethos of of the red sox five-year plan or, or whatever right. it is that heim bloom has has mapped out on a uh on a board like uh like crazed glenn, glenn Beck, <laughs> um somewhere in the bowels of fenway park but um but that does seem like a reasonable thing and you know, for whatever has happened, uh, you know, to the Red Sox on the field tonight, as you point out, they are still in first place Right, and they're in first place by more than a game. Um, and that's worth spending on. That's a position that is worth spending on. So, yeah, I wouldn't blow everything up, um, you know, trade their entire prospect capital for, for guys necessarily, but, um, but I do think that it's worth spending something on and, and uh, making the team better, plugging some holes on the field, and showing the guys in the clubhouse that, the, that you believe in them and uh, you know, that uh, the front office is behind them. I think that has value.
1: So, you know, now, you know, obviously we talked about a lot of Red Sox fans wanted Max Scherzer and, you know, he's been rumored to go to a couple of different places already. But when you look at that Red Sox rotation right now and let's let's try to be real here for a minute and let's say they're going to they're going to make the postseason and let's say it's not going to be the one game wild card. It's going to be, you know, they're going to have a division series where they got to win three out of five what's your rotation right now? I mean, obviously it's going to be Chris sale, as long as there's no setbacks and, you know, Nate Evaldi is going to be there, but outside of that, who do you trust right now? I mean, you can't trust Eduardo Rodriguez, can you?
0: It's tough. And I think we're in this kind of spot because of 2020, you know, guys just didn't pitch last year. Uh, and this is true. I think all over major league baseball too. I don't think this is just a Red Sox problem, but, um, You know, especially though, for, for a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, who went through what he went through last year with COVID and myocarditis, um, you know, he, I don't know, I don't know how deep a dive you want to get into Eduardo here, but the, the truth of it is, I, I feel like they're going through a rough stretch here. Um, you know, they're, they've got a six man rotation that they're going through right now, just, you know, specifically to try to lessen the load on some of these guys, Mm -hmm. Um, You know, once you get to the postseason, who do I trust? Well, those two guys you just outlined. Potentially, you know, they'll they'll add somebody else. Um, So you've got mystery guy at number three spot, and then you need somebody from the remaining group to step in. Right. And that's either Eduardo uh, or Nick Pavetta to me. And those are the two guys who are, I think, the most likely to have success um you know in the in the postseason, and then the rest of the guys are either you know uh, somewhere else uh, bullpen injured list dfa trade candidate shot to the moon whatever something. yeah whatever it is uh but i think those are the that's probably you know the ideal from where i sit right now on july 29th uh, the ideal four um you know we have got those two guys at the end and uh you add somebody else and then, and that's, that's a pretty strong rotation. I, you know, I don't know that it's the the strongest in the American league. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's definitely competitive and, uh, it's, you know, (laughs) I mean, I, I don't know what the, the, the end goal is. You know what I mean? Like, obviously they're trying to win the world series. Um, do you need to be the team that has a 62% chance to win each series? That's the Dodgers. Right. right. So they're not going to necessarily reach that level. I feel like they're going to go into most series with somewhere between uh, 55 and a 40% chance to win. Right. And you just let that play out and hope things go your way. Like they, you know, like they have in the past, uh, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But, um, but I think, uh, I think, mostly what they're going to be doing is, is kind of what you said to me in the beginning, which is adding some smart moves. Like, like you mentioned Jonathan scope. I think that could, could be uh, not to steal your thunder. This was your idea not yeah. mine. Um, but, uh, something along those lines, uh, where the, where the cost isn't prohibitive and the, uh, the difference between what he can bring and what you're getting now is, is enough that it, it, you know, it's more than worth it. Um, yeah
1: well before uh, go
0: off on that tangent there. well uh,
1: you know <laughs> while we're on the red sox you know one of the big things that 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 you and i both talked about at the beginning of the year was why in the devil is Kike hernandez leading off for the boston red sox and to be fair they did try a few other people there and nobody worked and then for some reason and you know I, baseball's a strange game as we all know guys get hot and and things change but now, all of a sudden, Kike Hernandez looks like, outside of not having blazing speed, this is a guy that all of a sudden is getting on base like crazy. Have you changed your views on him at the top of the lineup?
0: I mean, he's he's fine in the absence of something better, I guess, is what I would say. <laughs> uh, he, he, You know, he's got some speed, and he's he's hitting really well right now. The last month, he's been really impressive. Yep. But... You know, I don't think Kike Hernandez is, is the best hitter on the Red Sox, and that's what he's hit like over the last month. I don't think this is a long-term thing. I think mean, it's fantastic, and I hope it continues. But um, but I'm not expecting it to, per se. As long as it does, I would definitely expect Cora to continue riding him there. Like, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, but I think, ideally, going forward, you'd have somebody with, with better on-base skills at the top. You know, this is a team that i think we've discussed this before uh gene you and i but um but the red sox are a team that gets uh an unorthodox amount of um offensive production from four or five spots yeah. in the order
1: it's insane and, and
0: those four or five spots are that's not including the first spot that's like it's like two through five right. or, or so right um and so having somebody on base ahead of that is really really important it's nice if they can run but truthfully if they don't have any legs i don't care right the issue is is more that their ability to get on base and that's just never been kike hernandez's strong suit and it's even during his you know his prolific hitting stretch here he's still not really walking right um and, and that's fine like he's hitting everything hard like i'm not trying to criticize the guy I'm just saying, like, I think ideally going forward, you'd find somebody with a, you know, with a, with a better, uh, you know, more well-rounded skill set at the top there. Um, So that's, uh, that's, that's how I feel about it. And I I get, I get a lot of pushback on that and that's Uh, fine. (laughs) but, But I don't, yeah, but I don't
1: necessarily disagree. I think the problem is when you look at this Red Sox roster, there isn't, you know, outside, I guess, of Jaron Duran, and that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid that's just coming up from yeah. the minor leagues. Yeah. It, when you look at the Red Sox roster, there isn't a leadoff guy to be found. There really isn't. You know, unless you want to put Bogey at the top of the lineup, w- w- where else are you going to go to to have somebody lead off? Bogarts would be the only other guy, I think, that that could fit that bill. Yeah,
0: yeah, Bogarts uh, potentially. You know. A- a uh, healthy alex verdugo
1: maybe yeah um, maybe uh
0: something like that yeah duran i think is your is your probably lead off you know who knows what's going to happen next right year. uh but uh, the way things stand now barring any number of different possible scenarios um duran is, is your leadoff guy next year is my guess
1: you know um, i know the so thing you know what worries me about him I, I, what worries me about him is the same kind of we we are hearing a lot of the same stuff that we heard when it came to Bobby Dalbec, you know, and I worry about that 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 there's going to be an awful lot ex- expected of this kid, and we all know what how tough it is to play in Boston, and I, and I worry about how that fishbowl is going to affect this kid.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know. I mean, my guess is that the Red Sox have done a lot of, uh, you know work in this area. Um, you know, this front office really does leave no stone unturned. And, um, I think that they're probably not gonna, probably not gonna put a guy in a position to fail publicly beyond just him not being able to hit, you know? Right. Um, so I, I wouldn't expect them to, to to put him at leadoff permanently if he's, if it's just not going to work for okay. whatever reason, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but again, like, we've got not only the trade deadline to go here, but we've got all of next offseason. And you have to think at this point that, you know, regardless of what happens at the trade deadline, the Red Sox goal of improving the roster, um, you know, this this offseason is going to be uh, up to and including, um, you know, finding somebody who who might better better suit the, uh, you know, the leadoff spot. Um you know, it, it, unless they really do believe in Duran in that way, in which case, great. <laughs>
1: um, well, last thing on the trade deadline before we let you go, and um, let's talk about. There's this idea, and we look at what the Yankees have done, right? And now we're looking at what the Los Angeles Dodgers are doing, uh, and the the word now is not they're not only going to get Max Scherzer, they're going to get Trey Turner, yeah. and and so that. You know, we're getting back to this conversation that we have had for years about the haves and the have-nots. And I know the Tampa Bay Rays have kind of turned that on its head because they've succeeded with a low payroll. But most other teams have not found The Pittsburgh Pirates, the Detroit Tigers, et cetera, have certainly not found that magic. So here we go again with the Dodgers that already have a payroll that's blown past the – the luxury tax threshold and here we go again adding max scherzer and trey turner is this bad for baseball
0: i don't think it's bad for baseball um this is me talking off the top of my head because i haven't really yeah i just i just by the way
1: i just threw this at him he had no idea it was coming so
0: that's fine and i i think it's a really interesting topic um but i'm just gonna sort of talk off the top of my head which, which could could be bad we'll see um but uh I, no, i I don't think it's necessarily bad for baseball. I First of all, I think it's incredibly difficult just with the the playoff system that Major League Baseball has set up right now for any team to really have a run like you know, like the Yankees did historically mm-hmm. right. I, I think you know the about the best kind of dynasty you're going to get is you know some combination of what the Red Sox have done over the last 20 years and what the Dodgers have done over the last five, right, right. Um, so the other thing is having one or two teams that are, this is going to sound wrong, but, you know, hoarding talent in that way is actually, I I think good. I think it drives interest, not just for those, um, fan bases, but for others as well. You know, like I think the Padres fans are going to be particularly interested in Dodgers games now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, you know, I was going to say giants fans, but obviously they're already interested in right. the Dodgers games. Um, so no, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's probably a good thing. I think, uh, you know, trades are, I think particularly tough as on a human level. Um, but I think they do drive interest. And when you're, when you're stacking up, uh, you know, talent, like the Dodgers are doing, like the Yankees are trying to do, um, you know, you're, you're, you're polarizing people. You know, Dodgers fans are obviously excited. Everybody else is like, you know, screw those guys. Um, And people are going to tune in to, to watch. It's sort of like the old line about Howard Stern. You know, people who love Howard Stern listen how, X number of hours over the course of the week. And people who hate him listen X number plus 20, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, they listen more when just because they dislike him. So, anyway that's uh that's my extemporaneous thoughts on
1: that well, well I, you know and I don't necessarily disagree you know I, and I guess you know being a, a a person that's followed the Red Sox since I was a little kid the Red Sox have always been on that positive side they've always been one of those teams that yeah. isn't afraid to spend money I just I, I just wonder how and I don't mean to pick on Pittsburgh Pirates fans but how How has it been to be a Pirates fan where you have been that bad for that long and still, you know, (laughs) have people go to your games? I, I can't. You know, I remember when I was a kid when the Red Sox weren't good. And I remember going to Red Sox games and, you know, walking up day of the game and you could sit five rows behind, you know, behind the dugout. It, that's not happening now, but it used to. So I remember those days. And so I just think about those teams that are never involved in this kind of fun, at least from the positive side. I mean, the Pirates are selling off all kinds of guys. Um, but you're never yeah. you're never the one actually getting the players back. So that's got to be frustrating for you know, well, I don't want to say half the teams in the league, but probably a good third of the teams in the league where you just know that, eh, you know, well, we've got no, we've got no shot despite the trade deadline.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. I, and I think that's kind of a reality of, of American professional sports, right? I mean, you you have a good third of the league, you know, at the start of the year that everyone kind of goes, well, these guys aren't going anywhere. Um and most of the time, people are correct. I mean, every once in a while, you get someone who comes out of the woodwork and you know uh, makes makes a crazy run. I think less so in baseball, more and more in football because you have you know fewer events that need to go uh, your way for that to happen. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, just just kind of the way it is, I guess. Uh, I, easy for me to say as a as a Red Sox fan, right? I'm, but um, I, I do think, for whatever it's worth, which is probably incredibly little to any Pirates fan who might be listening. Um, (laughs) The, uh, the Pirates are on a, on a pretty good course right now. I think Ben Charrington is a smart general manager. Um, You know, he's, uh, he's got some, some cachet there that he uh, you know, he's a world series winner. Um, So I think he can, you know, sell the Pirates ownership on his vision. And I, I think where things go particularly badly is when you get, ownership, stepping in and picking guys that they like and, or, um, you know, putting their foot on the scale for trades and signings and that sort of thing. Two words for uh, you,
1: two words for you, Baltimore Orioles, Chris Davis.
0: Yeah, exactly. You so know, that's yeah, a, right. That's a perfect um, example
1: of an owner torpedoing his own team.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. And they're still, they're still dealing with that. And yep. I think there's another year to go yeah, on, one that more. Try, yep. on, on that deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, yeah, exactly right. But I, I don't feel like, uh, you know, to get back to the Pirates for a second, I, I don't feel like that's going on right now in Pittsburgh, which isn't to say it won't start tomorrow. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> but it, it, I, I think for now, you know, the, the Pirates just had a, a particularly impressive draft. You know, they got a they got a bunch of uh, really high ceiling guys. Uh, you know, they're they're making some good trades right now, getting rid of some guys who aren't long term pieces in Pittsburgh. I mean, are are they ever going to be running a two hundred million dollar payroll? No, no, not likely. But, um, no, probably not. But um, but you know, you if you do things right and you're smart about it, um, you know they can they can start winning some baseball games. So um, well, at least as far as that goes.
1: On that note, I'm going to tell you the Red Sox are adding somebody to their team tomorrow, and you will be happy to hear this on Friday. Uh, Danny Santana will be joining the Red Sox for their series down in Tampa. So.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. Hopefully he'll get to bat leadoff. <laughs>
1: Either him or Marwin Gonzalez. Get one of them back in the leadoff spot, please.
0: Oh, that's what we need. Well, Matt, with a sub-200 on base percentage getting the most of that. It's,
1: it's a beautiful thing. Well, I am yeah. sure you will be like me. We'll be in front of uh, some kind of media tomorrow watching the trade deadline come up at uh, 4 o'clock on Friday. But uh, I appreciate your insights today, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, in a couple of weeks and see how this uh shakes down I know a lot of Red Sox fans are hoping that despite all these acquisitions the Yankees are still a 500 team (laughs) well we'll see (laughs) all right Matt thanks very much for joining us Matt Corey here on Sports Country Radio